Anyway, this is episode two, No Laugh Track. It's Acme's uh, podcast, hosted by me. My name's Justin Severson. I'm the producer on the KQ Morning Show. And as luck, I don't know if it's luck, as luck would have it, we'll just say that because it's a saying, my guest this morning is a guy that I just got done seeing for four hours straight over on the radio. It's Dave Mordahl. And we work together on the radio, and now we're stuck here. What a pain in the ace. We're here at Acme comedy company uh we're uh, sitting on the couch just not next to each other as much as dave wanted us close to. not even close no if we both stretched out we could touch and this is where i started so it's pretty apropos is that the right word i'm trying to use as many big words lately as possible apropos is that the correct word we're gonna have to edit that out i think so i don't yeah, think that's I don't the think correct that's version yeah, and i forgot to tell you this dave whenever you want to uh go out for a smoke break during yeah. the recording just cough just cough and then <laughs> like that right and we'll be back in a moment <laughs> Oh, the days when we could have sat here and smoked like real people. Yeah, well, when I first started coming to Acme, you could smoke. I'm not in the club here, but out in the um, out by the bar. So you were headlining this week. I am headlining this week on this Acme. stage. Yep, on the stage. Did a show last night. It was like a hundred people here. It was amazing. I, then I realized that they have the funniest person contest going on. So it had nothing to do with me. Oh, it was That's all free really, tickets. Oh, yeah, it was all away. free tickets. <laughs> it was the tickets that get uh, distributed by an airplane. They just drop them over cities. <laughs> And they float down, and people go, oh, no, comedy tickets. That's perfect. Yep. Hey, you guys aren't doing anything tonight, right? How about fill this seat? I'm waiting for them to actually pass a law that you have to go to a comedy club once a month. You know, that's how sad it gets sometimes. Oh, I know. Aww. Sorry. Let's go to the beginning, Dave. To the very beginning. I'm talking Jesus. No, uh, let's, <laughs> let's go to the beginning. <laughs> we're talking dinosaurs. No, we're talking your career. Oh, where do, first of all, you know, I do know a lot about you, but I where were you born? I was born in Elk River, Minnesota. Okay. Right in central Minnesota, right there in central. We're, you know, it's Elk River. It's, uh, I don't know, I think there was 5,000 people there when I was a kid. And you have brothers, sisters? I have uh, two brothers. I have Jim and John as brothers. They're both younger. No sisters. None of that. We were no. going to have none of that. We had, my mom was real early in the selective abortion stuff. Oh, so anytime that she was pregnant with what we thought was a female, we got rid of that. <laughs> so it's nice that it's coming back, according to the news. So. It's trending. Yeah, mom doesn't look like quite the uh, horrendous monster that she was at the time. So <laughs> That's fantastic. But we got the two boys and then no more abortion, so it was nice. What are the brothers, your brother's still in Minnesota? Yeah, they still live here. One lives in uh, New Hope. And the other one lives by my parents in Elk River. And they're successes, unlike yourself, or are they? Uh, they're my brother John's a real success. He's a uh, he uh, he's a sound and light engineer. And then my other brother was a sheriff's deputy, jailer, dispatcher. And they had my brother just retired after twenty years, twenty five years, and uh, yeah, they're both doing well. So you know, I'd be able to borrow money off of them soon. You ever cross paths in the uh, jail? Actually, that's I have. I've been booked in by my brother. Which no is, kidding. I have. Uh, I, it is so odd to have your brother book you in, and he wouldn't do the search. And I begged. I said, "You have to do the search." He said, "I'm not. I'm not doing the search. I'm not going to see you in your underwear. Just get. Just go. You know the deal." And I got booked in by my own brother. <laughs> your his name was written on the waistband. <laughs> <laughs> do you want your jumpsuit or do you want a new one? Yeah, I got booked in by my own brother. Is there a story even behind that worth sharing? Uh, it was just, I think it was a driving after revocation for not having insurance, which I had a lot back then. Yeah. And still sometimes do. I just, uh, you know, you forget to pay it, and pretty soon you got to explain it. And and I'm very anti-insurance. <laughs> anti-insurance. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, you know, if you look in the any neighborhood's local 
periodical. Yeah. That's a very popular thing to get arrested for. It really is. And then it snowballs on you. Yeah. It really does. And the funny thing is, I was in for two straight weeks for driving without insurance. There was a guy that raped a six-year-old, and he spent the weekend. Oh. So that was. it's really nice. It's really nice to see that they're letting the rapist out while us scofflaws sit in there for two weeks, staring at my brother's back while he sits at a desk. <laughs> Yep, booked in by my own brother. Oh, that is perfect. So you got the family that is proud, and then they're not proud. Right, you know? right, right. So you grew up in Elk River, and then uh, you did not finish high school. I did not. Fi- I quit three months before graduation because uh, I just didn't need it anymore. Say that again one more time. I quit three months before graduation. Three months before graduation. Three months. And did what? I went to work uh, at a scrapyard. I bought a new truck three months prior. And the payments were like 105, which seemed like millions at the time. Yeah. And eventually, I went. You know what? I just got to go to work. I got to, you know, otherwise give up the truck. So I just gave up <laughs> high school and went to work, <laughs> and never looked back. You know, but, but but people can't look at another person and go, "I bet that guy didn't graduate high school." So if I didn't say anything, nobody'd know it. No, 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 no. That's true. I did, of course finish high school you did so i look down on you now that i know well, you that. should look down on me three but. months and it's been the story of my life i've gotten really close to success but then i just give it up <laughs> yeah, well boy that could lead to a lot, many things we can talk about today yeah it's, it's really been the story of my life and it's yeah. so then at some point you joined the service i joined the yeah i joined the military when i was uh usually people who are smarter go in when they're like 18 yeah. i went in when i was 25 so it was a really, really serious vocational error on my part. <laughs> 25, you know, I mean, it was just miserable. Well, there's seven years in between there. I know. But when you're 18, at least you're dumb enough not to know that you don't know anything. So you just go in and trudge through for four years. But when you're 25, you, you know question what the, everybody. Sure. And you know what the good life is of yeah. being 18, 20, 21. Yeah. And, and you not, realize, what a mistake you made. Yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, I left for college right out of high school and I went two years and then I took a year off. Yeah. And uh, yeah, all, all I could think of was I miss the lifestyle. I don't want to yeah. wake up and work nine to five. No. I, there's, I, I'm around guys all day. There's no women yeah. except for the you know the secretary. Exactly. And, and the Marine Corps was the same thing. It's like, oh, my God, what did I do? I, I'm running at 430 in the morning. There's no reason for this anywhere. What's the last time you ran? That was the last time I ran was <laughs> in the Marine Corps. I don't run for anything anymore. I, I, yeah. I can't run. I don't run either. I don't either. I, was never, I think either you can run or you can't. It, it doesn't hurts. depend on your body style or anything. It's just I'm not a runner. There's seven years in between not graduating from high school and joining the uh, Marines. Right? Yeah. Marines? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember those seven years? I do. I actually, I uh, when I was 18, I worked at the scrapyard and started my drinking problem. And that went till I was, I got in a lot of trouble for that stuff over the years. And then I decided that I would cure my drinking problem by moving to California. Okay. Which... Uh, didn't really help. It was still there. It was when I got there. It was still me. Did you go out there by yourself? I did. I just I got tired of the winters here, and I just packed a bag, and I moved to California. And I was out there for about a year. And it was actually a really good year. And I was really doing well at my job. But then I got in this point where waiting on money to come in, I was, I was leasing new cars. And it's a business okay. where you can s- sell cars all week long, but it... it it takes a while for the money to catch up to you. Sure. And I got to a point where it was like, do I stay here? Or do I go back home? So I moved back home to Minnesota 
And I probably shouldn't have because I really enjoyed California. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, I joined the Marine Corps, and they sent me right back out there. But it was a different type. It was a different type of uh, fun this time. No, so. you had to leave your Bermuda shorts. Back I really did. I had to leave all that kind of stuff. But that's what I did. I, I went to California a couple times, and and I enjoyed it out there. But I did like coming back here. So, Where, and then you joined the Marines. And I joined 25. the Marines. Yep. And then I got kicked out by the time I was twenty-seven <laughs> because I was drinking too. Can you imagine drinking too much for the United States Marine Corps? To where they go, wow, you've got a problem. Because the rest of them are like, you know, we quit drinking at four in the morning to go running, and I never did. I just kept going, you know. So, does it, does the beer stay fresh in the canteen? No, some of the worst beer, and you don't have any money, so you've got to drink like the lowest shelf beer. Yeah, possible. what were you drinking when you? I, I think it was Stroh's. Oh, Stroh's. What we had was Stroh's, and it was. They might have been still making that back in Minnesota back then. It might have. It might have been coming out of here, but oh my god, and it's. You guys love this stuff. Yeah, exactly. You you think you hate water. Try this. <laughs> it just So yeah, I got kicked out of the Marines and came back home. And I got married when I uh, just as I was leaving the Marine Corps, I got married. Where is she from? where was she? She was from? from Ham Lake. She was from here in Minnesota, Ham Lake, Minnesota. Yeah. She came out to visit me in the Marine Corps. One thing led to another and we got married. I don't know why. It was almost like on a bet. We bet each other we couldn't do this, which we couldn't. <laughs> yeah. And uh we got married. She got pregnant with my son, which is wonderful. I love my son. Right. And we moved back here, and I think we lived together maybe six months at the most. That's it, huh? Yeah, and then I just kind of abandoned that like high school, you know, so. Who stayed in the house? Uh, she got the apartment, so uh, I moved back. I moved. I think I moved into a friend's place or something, yeah. and then I got my own apartment finally. Now, when did where was comedy going on? Do you, I hadn't even started any yet. Inkling of nothing. That was what you nothing. Nothing, I, nothing at all. I didn't know. How, I always thought that I I'd like to do it because I was always that guy at work that was really funny, and people would, actually had people go, "Do you sit and think of this stuff all night so you can spring it on us?" And it's like, well, no, it just comes up, you mm-hmm. know. And, I, and people would always say, that, you should do comedy, you should do comedy. But I didn't know how. I was still of the mentality that that kind of stuff is discovered. Mm-hmm. Like like you're just joking around at a Walgreens or something, and somebody, some producer comes over and goes, hey, you're funny, here's a sitcom. Right. I don't know how this works. No. So I, I just, I had no idea how you got into it. So after the Marines and then the, I moved the back awesome home. marriage. Yep, the, the awesome marriage. So we so got long. divorced, and... Uh, I'm working at, I'm back at a scrapyard running crane, and I'm bored at night. I got my kid only on Wednesdays and every other weekend. I got nothing to do at night. Yeah. And I picked up this brochure uh, for a weird off-the-wall college in Minneapolis called um, Open U. Uh-huh. It's just weird classes. It's, it, believe me, nothing's accredited. This is, it's like guerrilla dating tactics and sure. stuff like that. Okay. And I was going to, I wanted to ice climb. This is when I hadn't yet got to two packs a day, you know. <laughs> I wanted to climb ice, you know, with ropes and harnesses and you know, and okay, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I came down to sign up for it, and the class was full. And there was another class called "Be a Stand-Up Comic." Get out of here! I'm not kidding you. It was thirty-five bucks, and uh, they had the instructor's name, which is uh, Naomi Whitman, who I'd never ever heard of. But it said at the bottom that she'd performed at the uh, improv in Boston. Yeah. And I'm dumb enough to believe it. So I took the class. And I'll give you the class for free. You want the class? Yeah, let's go. Here's Naomi's class. Write down what you think is funny and perform it. Brilliant. 
She's horrible. I watched her do stand-up for four minutes, and I thought, if you're making money at this, I'm going to make millions. <laughs> you're that bad. And then you find out that, yeah, she was at the improv, but it was an open mic night, and she was never asked back. Oh, no. But she's teaching. Yeah. But the nice thing, it was worth 35 bucks finding out that there were open mics. Well, so it was worth that. And then I started doing the open mic at Acme, and uh, actually, my first night went really, really well. And if it hadn't, I'd never have done stand-up again. Yeah. That's why I, I see people do it for the first time and just suck. Yeah. And they're back the next week, and I go, are you out of your goddamn mind? Take some big balls. Oh, it does, because I would never have done it again. And it just started going well. It just I kept I, I will say that I worked really hard at it and I was at open mic every night and I wrote constantly. Otherwise because I get so bored with my own stuff. Really? Yep, I get incredibly bored and I wrote a lot. I still have a lot of it at home that I wrote early on and I just did new stuff every week because that's just what I thought you had to do. And uh it just started getting better and better and better and pretty soon you get you're getting paid to do it. Yeah, I will say that, you know, from my perspective, I'm just a fan. You know, I'm not going up on a stage at any time uh, to perform. Right. But uh, I, I will say that it, some of the people that I've seen, when you hear them do the same material four years, like I remember oh. this 25 minutes from four years ago when I saw you on TV, and now you're back. You just I know people, and I'm not going to mention any names, but they do the same act word for word every night, and I just go, how can you do that? I would. I honestly couldn't handle it. I mean, I not only do it. I would think, like you said, you'd get bored. I'm I mean, besides so bored. the fact that the the crowd, there's a good chance they've all heard it before. Uh, yeah, and just you're just kind of actually, what's the word? T- telepathically or telegraphing that I'm bored with this. Yeah. So it's not as funny as it used to be at all. Yeah. Even if you haven't heard it, you can look at me and go, "Wow, that bastard's been doing that joke since 1993." O.J. Simpson. O.J. Say, O.J.'s in the news. Did you hear about that slow race? But yeah, I don't know how people do it. But like I said, if it hadn't gone well, I never would have done it again. And then it got to the point where I was making more just doing comedy, you know, for an hour or for not for like a half hour a night than I was at my day job. So like an idiot, I quit. Um, what, what was the next step after that? I mean, did you... Anybody take you under their wing and bring you out on the road? I know that happens sometimes with, you know, like features and headlines. Yeah, I, yeah like the, the, the first time I went on the road was with Jimmy Wiggins, the last uh, hippie in America. If you, ever, if you ever get the chance to see Jimmy, oh, Jimmy yeah. is an amazing performer. Yeah, I know who that is. Sure. Yep, and he took me and Reggie Gable, who's now deceased, he was a good friend of mine, and Howard Efron on the road with him to, to Bismarck to do comedy and open for him. And we thought it was such an honor. We really, you know, we're young. We're, we're, we're new to this. And it isn't until years later you realize, oh, it's because we had a car. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only reason he, we went, is he didn't have a car. How about a license? <laughs> or a license. I guarantee he didn't have a license at the time. We're just looking at him like such a hero for taking us under his wing, and he just slept in the car and smoked pot everywhere. Nice. Yeah, we were just his sober cab for the whole entire weekend. And the sad thing was we got to Bismarck, and it's your, it was my first time on the road. And for whatever reason, the place was packed wall to wall. There had to be 300 people in this small club. And you think, holy cow, this is amazing. Yeah. This is the life I want. Yeah. And I'm bad at it. I'd only been doing comedy for a few months at that time. 
Oh, wow. And they're la- I don't know why they're laughing. Obviously, they're very, very drunk, drunk. in Bismarck. Sure. Yep. And I'm thinking, man, this is really going well. Well, I ended up getting booked back there like a year later. And like the whole weekend, we had 12 people. Oh. So it's really, it's like, oh, this is reality. Yeah. But Bismarck, the last time I was in Bismarck was with a headliner named uh, Mitch Michaud, who has a morning show in, in Grand Junction, Colorado right now. And he's he's such a good friend of mine. And we were on the road together and we're bored. And But he's fun to hang out with. So we went Friday morning out into Bismarck to go garage sailing because we just had nothing to do. Sure. And he's not a partier either, so... We got to this big Catholic Charities garage sale, and there was a box about the size that you'd bring a TV or buy a TV in, full of women's bras and panties. Uh-huh. And we paid five bucks for it. Yeah. And we spent the entire day dropping them around the hotel. <laughs> there were panties everywhere in the hotel. And by Saturday, so much of this had gone on that the hotel had hired extra security because they didn't know what was happening. What the hell? It was hilarious. <laughs> they were finding this stuff in the pool, in the pot machine, in the ice machine. It was everywhere. <laughs> Under the tables in the dining room. It was the best five bucks I ever spent. What size were they? Oh, they were they were the granny stuff. Nice. Oh, this was big stuff. Nice. To so like really go, sexy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If you find those panties, you go, oh, I don't know what happened here, but it's not good. At some point, you made the leap to being a headliner. I or did. Or you fell down into it. Maybe, maybe actually, leap was the wrong word. I was, you know, I because I started comedy when I was later. I was like 34 when I started. I had I, I knew enough about the world that, you know, I wasn't one of these young guys that actually, you oh, I, I've got a headline, I've got a headline. Okay. I was smart. I took every MC job I ever could possibly get. Yeah. Because it's experience. You're on stage three times a night just for one show, bringing people up. And other guys were just constantly trying to do a guest set or just feature. It's like, I'm getting more time than you'll ever get just by emceeing. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, so I just kept emceeing. And I thought it, it's best to be asked to feature instead of pounding on somebody's door constantly and making an absolute ass of yourself. Oh, yeah, I want to feature, but, uh, oh, they found out I only have like 18 minutes, possibly with a great audience. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to go in way overqualified. So it, I, I moved up very gradually. And then the headlining thing, this is actually, uh, this brings me to my worst comedy story ever. Yeah. Because I didn't, you know, I really didn't think of myself ever as a headliner, but it's Winnipeg, Canada, and uh, I don't even remember how I got booked for it, but I drove all the way to Winnipeg, Canada from Minneapolis. It's at a Holiday Inn. I get up there. I check in. The show's at 8 o'clock, and this guy's trying to do a Wednesday through Saturday room. Why, I don't know, but I pull into the uh, club at 8 o'clock to start the show, and I go, are the other comics here? And he goes, oh, no, it's it's just you. Oh, no. You've got to be kidding me. It's just me? So I go, I, the show. Do you have a funny, uh, somebody funny on the wait staff? Yeah, I, it's, exactly. I go, just let the bartender bring me up. Anything. What I don't care. Street jokes. If you've got a puppet, do something. Sure. So I get to the show. It's eight construction workers. Oh, no. Who are staying at the hotel, and it's just surprise comedy. Yeah, they got comped tickets with their room. There wasn't even tickets. They don't even know what's going on. Oh. It's not advertised outside. They did no advertising. Not that I was a name. They were they wondering didn't... why you weren't delivering the cheese curds. Exactly. Hey, can you freshen my drink up? What are you doing up there? <laughs> I'm just bothering people. Yeah, oh. is all I'm really doing. The next night I come down, it's the same eight construction workers. <laughs> 
It's just brutal, and it gets worse. Jim, Bill, fellas, how That's, we doing? I, I knew him by then. <laughs> I knew him by then, and I, and I muddled through that. I don't even know how. And um, by Friday, Friday night, there's nobody in there because the construction workers are smart enough to go to another barn. Oh. So there's, and he still wants to do the show. Guaranteed money? Yeah, guaranteed. It was seven hundred bucks. It was actually a lot of money for oh. the for the week. And then, I mean, by by Friday, I mean, there's nobody in there. So I'm like at my wits end, and one, and I'm talking to one of the wait staff, and she's she's sober like I was sober. And I go, Hey, would is there any? Will you take me to a meeting? So we found a meeting, an AA meeting, is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. We went to an AA meeting together after the after she got off her shift at ten or whatever that they had meetings there all night. So Saturday I come in, and apparently this manager had a crush on this waitstaff. And they found out that she'd taken me to an AA meeting. So they fired her. What? They fired her for hanging out with me. So not only am I having a horrible comedy week, I just got this woman fired for no reason. <laughs> the boss thinks you're an a-hole. And he, thinks, and he hates me at this point because I'm not. I think he thought I was supposed to bring people in or do my own advertising locally. Saturday night show, there is absolutely nobody except for a family of four sitting there and he wants to do the show and i'm just i'm livid at this point he just fired this woman for no reason i'm doing a show in front of people that just want to finish their hamburger oh no so i make it through this and i'm livid and there's a snowstorm going on yeah and i and i go to get paid and he goes oh well corporate has to and i go you know what just send me the check i'm not even dealing with you at this point yeah i went and packed my stuff i get in the car and i realize there's like a foot and a half of snow on the ground it is a raging fucking blizzard <laughs> no and i take off i'm not going back in i am not no. i am not going back in you i got made like final statement i i was done yeah. man there's no way i'm gonna walk in there with my tail between my legs daddy going, stormed off can, can i stay another night so i call this waitress i go i can't even get out of town they'd closed interstate 29 coming down out of north dakota so even if i got out of the country and into the united states i can't go anywhere right so this waitress who i just got fired yeah. Let's me stay at her place. Oh my god. I'm there for three nights. <laughs> the only good thing is she fucked me all three yes! nights. That's the only redeeming part of this entire story. Well, good thing the uh, her ex boss never showed up. Apparently he didn't. God, I wish there was cell phones with cameras back then, because I would have sent him that on Saturday night about two in the morning. Just a picture of her <laughs> naked. This is what you drove us to, you miserable prick. Oh, and he ne- they never paid me. No, I was they just, never paid me. I was me. just going to ask that. You never, never paid, paid me. me. Yep, they didn't make money that week. It was like, this is the worst. What's the far... Is that the farthest you've no. driven? Uh, the furthest For I've driven was uh, 23 hours to San Antonio. For how many shows? Oh, uh, that was for a full week. For a full week. That was for a full week, but I did it in one shot. I don't know why. I just felt like doing it. I got to San Antonio, and I couldn't even get out of the car. My legs were so wobbly, yeah. and I was so tired that I remember sitting in the parking lot in the car for about 20 minutes, just moving my eyes around. Sure. It was insane. It was, And it's almost like driving drunk. I mean, I don't remember the last four or five hours of driving. I really don't. It was so insane that I figured I'd They, they say you kind of go into a trance. Oh, I'm sure it was a trance. It's yeah. just, I just, it was 23 straight hours other than stopping for gas. Yeah. It was just so stupid. Not the bathroom. I noticed you didn't mention that. I did. Well, you know, it's your car. You do what you want. <laughs> That's what a peacup is for. That's and you true. toss it out. San Antonio. Now, why did you drive instead of fly? Are you pocketing the money then that they. Yeah, it just seemed like it was so much cheaper. Yeah. Which I don't think it ends up being cheaper. 
especially if you got to stay at a hotel. That's another reason that I want the 23 hours is like, do I want to spring 45 bucks for a hotel? That just adds to the bill here. That seems ridiculous. Yeah, let's just endanger everybody else's life and save 45 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's not selfish at all. No, not at all. No, uh, no. We you you mentioned it here, and of course I know because we work together. But uh, how long have you been sober? Five years. It'll be twenty five years this year. Wow. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. No, it has. It's been this. This business would kill me if I wasn't sober. Yeah. I've seen so many comics that I love dearly that just have drank their lives. Yeah, I don't want to get too serious here, but have you have you ever you know pulled a guy aside? That you work with, know friends with, and be like, dude, no, seriously, never. You just don't. I mean, uh, do, do guys do that? You, no, they've they've come to me, but again, it's one of those things where I just go. I mean, they know I'm sober. If they want to ask me, that's fine. But I'd never go to them and say, "Hey, you got to do something," because yeah. that's their thing. Yeah, sure. But I have had people go, "Man, I'm really laying it on. What do I do? Go to an AA meeting. It's the only yeah thing that really seems to work." What got you to go? The, uh, my fourth, law. D, fourth DWI. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you, yeah. I mean, four of them, really, Dave? Yeah, I was a mess. It was. Did you have a license at that point? After the a yeah, third? It, it was a absolute nightmare getting it, which it should be. Sure, you know, but uh, yeah, it was four of them. It's like it's one of the biggest shames in my life. Is like really four times? You're yeah. an idiot. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, well, I'm not embarrassed to say this. I didn't know who the hell you were until you were on Last Comic Standing. Oh, nobody did. Yeah. I was almost out of the business by last comic standing. That's, Let's talk about that's, that. That's, okay, I'll talk about that. It's I was so tired of it. Uh, just you know, you just get tired of the traveling. You get tired of a lot of things, and uh, it seems like you're not getting anywhere. And I will say this about comedy: and if somebody is looking to get into comedy, it's eighty percent luck. Mm-hmm. It really, truly is. Because you look at people that are on television or doing well in stand up, that if you really watch them, you go. That guy shouldn't have a fucking job outside of a Denny's assistant manager. Sure. There's no reason for that man to be on television, mm-hmm. Bob Saget. There's no fucking reason <laughs> that you should be anywhere near a microphone other than to tell people that their gate is boarding. That's all you should be doing. So it is, it's 80% luck. It really, truly is. Yeah. And I just didn't have the luck up until that time. And I was almost out of it. And Lewis Lee, who is the owner of Acme Comedy Company here in Minneapolis, yes. called me and said, Hey, they're doing a uh, an audition for a reality show on NBC for for comics, and I said, "Yeah, I, I, that's the last thing I want to yeah, do." I'm sure you said, "Not in a million years." I did. I said, "Not in a million years." And then he called me like two days later and said, "No, you really should at least go down because this is this could be something. You really need to go down." It aired in 2003, so that would have been 2002. Yeah, it would okay. be the the fall of 2002. And I went down with all sorts of people from here. Chad Daniels, Tracy Ashley, yep. Maggie Ferris. We all headed down in kind of a caravan. I got a hotel for all of us outside of Chicago just to clean up because we looked like, you know, we just drove for eight hours. And I stood in line with like 150 comics. And they got their notebooks out and they're trying to figure out what to do. And I'm just telling myself, you'll figure it out when you walk in the room. Sure. And I did. Yeah. You know, it just worked out well for me. And what was funny to me is NBC had a camera down there, and they were going through the line trying to get snippets and stuff. And this guy named, who I would find out later, his name is Bill Richardson, who turned out to be a really good friend of mine later, comes up to me with the camera. He's a producer, and he goes, so are you NBC material? And I remember looking at him going, oh, my God, no. I'm the last person in this line NBC would want anything to fucking do with. Right, right. And that... He thought that was hilarious that I'd be that honest about That's it. It's perfect. And uh, I made the semifinals, 
we went back in that night. It was me and Heather Hansen from here. She got picked also from here when I, I say Minneapolis. Sure. And they announced the winner. They mispronounced my name so badly they, that, that yeah. I was looking around for somebody else, <laughs> and they had to spell it. And I go, oh, that's me. And I go, there's no way you picked me. I could not believe it. But what was funny is after I'd won in Chicago, you had all this paperwork that you had to fill out, you know, just legal stuff for the show. And they, want, they need to do a criminal background check. So they want you to be honest and write all this stuff out. I wrote it all out. And the producer came over to me and goes, you're not serious about this shit, are you? No. I go, yeah, I'm absolutely serious. He goes, you robbed a gas station in your hometown? <laughs> yes, I did. And he couldn't believe it. And it was so hilarious to me. It's like, what, do you want me to lie about it? That's how people get in trouble. You and Phyllis Diller have the same story. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> me and Phyllis. And they could not believe that. And it's like, you're, you, you're dealing with comics. You're not dealing with, like, some of the best citizens in the country. It's just, we're just not like that. You know, yeah. we've, we've all had our problems. And then I made it to New York. And uh, that was absolutely amazing. It was 50 people, and I got... We got narrowed down to twenty out of that, and I and at that point I thought, wow, it's at least you'll get some TV time. I got down to twenty. Sure, and there's some, there was some talent there, people you'd heard of. There was, seen. yeah. You're kind of intimidated, going, wow, I I've seen that guy on stuff, you know, and, yeah. and he didn't make it, yeah, which made you feel really good. Sure. And then we from there we went to uh, Las Vegas, and I got picked to go in the house. I got one of the ten. Yeah, and it was uh, from there. Amazing, and then you and uh, was that the you know you did two seasons. I did two seasons. Yep, show. I did the first season, and then I they they tried to do a best of in season three, and they brought it to uh, the fall lineup as an actual you know fall show, and it just tanked. Mm. It just sucked. Yeah, yeah. They didn't even show the ending. That's how bad it was. They were badly received, but. What uh, at what point were you in a bathtub with Rich Voss? That was in buddy? season one. That was season one. We were so bored in that house, and nobody else was doing nothing. And we had to do these interviews like every other day. How often were they filming you? Twenty four hours a day. Yeah, they had the whole camera rigged. I mean, the whole house rigged with cameras. And it was Heidi Fleiss's old house. Oh, I didn't realize that. And then she showed up one day to get her stuff out of the garage. What? No. Yeah, way. I'm dead serious. All these beds and all this furniture were out in the garage. It was like a five. Five car garage. I mean, it's packed full of stuff. Black book. Yeah, exactly. They're just Tom Sizemore out there in a wife beater moving furniture. <laughs> Charlie Sheen's in oh, there grabbing that was his our underwear. Is <laughs> the Charlie Sheen to get drunk and come over? You know, <laughs> no, don't crawl in with me, you freak. But it was yeah, it was Heidi Fleiss's house, uh, the one she was using when she was having her little trouble. Sure, it was a sure. gorgeous mansion, but you know, they filmed twenty four hours a day, and you got to find things to do, and and I just. So we were doing interviews, and I go, Rich, let's just get in the bathtub. And we thought it was hilarious, yeah. you know. And I wish they'd do a DVD of it because the outtakes were – we got in there, and I had on swimming trunks. And we started the interview, and I took them off and threw them out, and Rich Voss had an absolute meltdown <laughs> thinking I was naked. I still had underwear on, yeah. but he was freaking. <laughs> he stood up, and he wasn't going to do this any longer. It's like – I have underwear on you, freak. What did you really think I was going to rape you on national television? You know, boy, I don't even know if I should admit this, but it's similar. I was, um, not this part. I'm proud of this part. I was a swimmer in high school. Okay. I was on the swim team. And uh, after practice, you know, you you, uh, you know get in the shower, wash the chlorine off before you head home. I uh, My junior, senior year, I also had a uh, photography class. And I kept 
the camera with me, you know, throughout the, the day. And, you know, uh, practice was after school, so the oh, bag was in my locker. Is have a peephole? No. Uh, so I was, <laughs> we were we were in the showers. It was me and, like, you know, five other guys. Yeah. Well, I finished my shower before they did. I went in and grabbed my camera and walked in. Oh, that's hilarious. And started snapping pictures oh, that's hilarious. with the automatic flash. And they're just oh. like, what the fuck, dude? Oh, that is hilarious. But instead, here's the worst part. Instead of going... Stop it! They said the one guy I remember that really spoke up said, "You can't show that to anyone." Like, <laughs> it's just between us. Yeah, like no. I, so then I flipped the camera open, punched the thing, and there was no film. Oh, in that's it. hilarious! I was just goofing on him the whole time. There was no film. It was you know, it was a. This is before. This is before digital cameras, right. kids. But so this the, guy just didn't want it to go any further. It was than thirty-five that. millimeter, you know, film, but right. there was none in there. Oh, that's hilarious! You can't show that to anyone, oh. like, dude. You think I would take pictures of your? No. Oh. And now, years later, he'd probably like to have it and see what he looked like because now he's gained two hundred pounds. <laughs> oh, do you it, still have those naked pictures of me in the shower? I'm trying to get a date. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put it on my Facebook. Perfect. The one, uh, there's a few more things I want to talk about. One of them is uh, Recreation Nation. You had a TV show. I had that a was TV was really show good. That nobody watched. So what? It was really good. I but know, yeah, I really enjoyed doing it. That story is another one that is so amazing in my life. I have all these friends. I have everybody in the industry that will go, go to New York and they'll go to L.A. and they'll try and pitch TV shows. And they'll do it all day long, and 90% of them, 95% of them get nothing out of it. Yeah, I'm just sitting at home in Foley, Minnesota, in the wintertime, and Rob Fox, the uh, the producer of Last Comic Standing, calls me out of the blue and says, Hey, do you got any ideas for TV shows? And I go, Yeah, Dirty Jobs for Dangerous Sports. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, my God, would you be willing to film that? And I go... Yeah, I film me. Send me a film crew, and I'll do. I'll find something. Sure. So they said they were they they were going to send this guy from New York to come out and film it, and I actually went on KQ that week. I remember and said, "Hey, I need some ideas for off the wall dangerous sports." Yeah. And somebody suggested downhill bar stool racing out in Wisconsin. Yeah. And it's just this sport where uh, people in a bar for charity. There's a hill behind the bar. And they take a bar stool and they have to mount skis to it and they race down the hill. And it's not just uh, bar stools. It can be anything. There's been toilets. There's all sorts of stuff just for fun. And we filmed it. They cut it up, sent it to uh, whoever they sent it to. And Discovery Channel bought 13 episodes without even meeting me. Rob can't believe it. He's never had this happen anywhere in his career. And he's done. He did Last Comic Standing. He he started the Daily Show. He did the Ozzy Osbourne Show. Sure. He's wow. never heard of me hitting the lottery like that. Wow. And we filmed thirteen episodes, and twelve people nationwide watched it. Yeah. Well, I'm one of the twelve. I the, the, I really enjoyed really it, and it I thought it was good fun. Show it was interesting. I mean, it was really and it's a different episode every week. It's not like the Deadliest Catch, where it's uh, it's the same fishing every week. That's a good point. And nobody watched it was weird but still it's a feather in my cap i just even to this day rob goes i can't believe that you never even met them and they bought 13 episodes now i forgot what did we how long did you want a bad mouth discovery channel on the podcast here oh we could do the full hour on that one it just uh no look at it it took me from uh you know i i had my own tv show and now i'm in the basement of a building in minneapolis i'm <laughs> talking on a couch it doesn't go any lower With than me. this, so I brought it down. That's true. That's the nice thing is I've hit my bottom. I've got to come up from here. Sure. 
Yeah, you've been interviewed by Leno and now Justin. So. And now Justin. And this was more fun. At least it lasted longer and you didn't uh, have any fake laughter that you had to throw in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. I'm kidding. Jay is a very nice guy. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, <clears throat> I, haven't, I, I have never been shy about my... Uh, my, it's not dislike. I'm just not a fan of uh, That's right. Leno. And yeah. um, if you look on the Acme Comedy uh, schedule, one of the fun, one of the funniest guys around is going to be here in a few mo- a month or so. Andy Kindler. Oh yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. He's yeah. a huge fan of Jay Leno. Oh my so. God, I got to hear Andy Kindler say the stories. f word yeah. once, which he never does. He's very clean. Yeah. And we were in Austin, Texas. And it was uh, just kind of an open mic night. It was his week of being there. And Andy went up and decided to use the F word. And it was hilarious because he never does it. Andy Kindler saying the word fuck was hilarious. But you did do some like uh, street stuff. I did for Leno. Leno, Yep. I did for Leno. How how did that happen? Uh, Because I had a contract with NBC. They signed me to a five, no, I don't know how many years, a couple year contract. You don't, I don't, you, it's weird. You sign a contract you get no money for, but you can't do anything else. It's, I'll never do it again. Wow. But they did, well, I shouldn't say that, but they also gave me another TV show that nobody knows about because it never aired. It was called America's Worst Drivers. It was me and George Gray. Do you know who George Gray is? No. Uh, game show host. Right now, he's working with Drew Carey. He's the announcer on Drew Carey's not the, the name game of, show. Yeah, what is the what Price is, the is Right? Show? Yeah, the Price is Right. Yeah, that's George Gray. He's okay. the announcer, but he was also on. I can never remember the name of it. There was a. It's it started out with a British woman. Do you remember the name of that game show? Oh, Josh, you do you are know the, name the of, weakest link. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. He was the host for the when he he was the male host on that. The original show. Yep. And we did this uh, TV show called America's Worst Driver, and we filmed it, and it was so, I wouldn't say horrendous, but they claim there weren't enough cameras on it. But how it was interesting, I have no idea. And it never would have been. How many times can you look at somebody and go, oh, that guy can't drive. It's like fucking horrible. (laughs) It's it's just worse. It, It went over in Britain for like a season. You know, you know, what's good for that is YouTube. Exactly. That's what it should have been yeah. on for one YouTube thing. Yeah, with little 4, snippets. Views you click and, a video. Yeah. yeah. So it never went anywhere. But I had that deal with NBC, and they they threw that at me, and they they paid me for it, but it never went anywhere. But you had this contract deal. So then, when Last Comic Standing two came out, they wanted me to do Man in the Street stuff for the Tonight Show for the auditions for Last Comic Standing. Oh, okay. So I'm at the Improv in L.A. And there's probably 300 people there for Last Comic Standing Season 2 because now they know that it actually is a show and it actually got me a lot of money by touring. Sure. And uh, I'm just going down the thing like every 15 people and interviewing them and trying to be funny. And this one guy, I I interview this one guy. uh, He's actually from here. His name is Fancy Ray McCloney. Sure. And uh, it's Fancy Ray. You know, he's the human chocolate orchid. Orchid. He's not an orchid. Is that what it? Orchid. He's yeah. a very good friend of mine. He's a very funny guy. My, 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 my. It's Fancy Ray. I interview him, and I move on about four or five people, and I pass up this other black guy, and he immediately throws the race card at me. He goes, oh, you just passed the black guy up, huh? I go, yep, and I moved on. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, you just watch me interview Fancy Ray, so don't pull your racist shit with yeah, me. Yeah. And I interview this other guy, and I go, so what makes you think that uh, you're going to make it onto this? And he goes... Oh, they have to take me. 
I'm the gay comic. And I just burst out. I go, really? In L.A., you're the one? Yeah. You're the only gay comic in L.A.? <laughs> what type of mental illness do you have yeah. that you think you're the only gay? You're in the majority in this line, dude. Yeah, yeah. And it was so. It was just so funny to see, hey, there were good comics in there, and then there were just people that were insane that shouldn't have been in there. Yeah. Well, they used to show those on those shows. Yeah, they did. And that's, I guess that's part of it. It's like, what would American Idol be without bad singers? Exactly. It's yeah. the William Hung. But uh, it was just hilarious to me. I'm the gay comic. Really? We've heard a lot of things about you. I didn't really. You're like unicorns. I didn't know there were any. <laughs> Everybody, everybody uh, just walk past the black guy. We have a gay one here. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, we don't we don't talk to black people at all. Even though I've already interviewed about seven of them. Jesus, I've interviewed everybody. Anybody that was I just it, I can't do three hundred. But this guy immediately with the race card was hilarious oh, to me. What a jerk! Did you have a story now? Uh, before you you mentioned to me that you had a story about the best show you've ever done. Oh, the best! People always think it would be the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. It would be like the best, which it was. But from a challenge, it's not. Mm-hmm. The Tonight Show is set up for you. If you fail on the Tonight Show, you need to get out of the business right goddamn now. Because that audience is warmed up. They've got a great comic that warms up the audience. If you fail on that, you're, a, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. You really, truly are. So when I went out and did the Tonight Show, it was one of the easiest shows I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. But it's not a challenge challenge. Okay. And the best show for me... Um, that I can re- that I can actually remember really enjoying because of the performer part of it. I was doing a casino in I think it's Brookings, South Dakota, and I got there, and it's at a casino. It's in a bar. There's nobody there. Yeah, there's like three people, and I just went up. I was the opener. I went up, and I'm doing what I do, and people are walking by the bar and listening for a few minutes, and coming in. And that just made you feel good. It's you know I don't pick on the audience, so these people are coming in, and by the time my half hour was over, the place was fucking packed. Yeah, and it just made you feel good that you brought all these people in, and you think, well, maybe they're coming to the show anyway. But no, the headliner got up there and pushed them all back out into oh. the casino. It was hilarious. Wow. He was so horrendous. But that made me name feel is, really no, good. Do you want to say his name? No, I don't want to say his name. I still know him, and I don't think he even realizes what happened. But that just made me feel so good, watching people just stream in. And that it's is like, awesome. It was very cool. It was my best show ever. Now, <clears throat> it's time to debut an actual segment on the No Laugh Track podcast. I have a segment. I like that. I and like we may never do it again. I may never do it again. We'll see what happens. It's like uh, dependent mostly on you and a little bit on me. All right. Okay, maybe a lot on me. I have old Playboys, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if I have a name for this segment, but if people are familiar with the magazine that read it, much like me, you know, right. c- cover to cover, yep. they have always had a segment called, at least for as long as I remember, 20 Questions. Right. So this is my own version of 20 Questions. Uh, we're not really going to do 20. It just sounds good. Right. But what I want to do is take the questions from Playboy. And just give them to my guest. All right, that's I saw. I think that's a great segment, and I like the fact that you do leave your playboys out, so it looks like you're straight. <laughs> <laughs> I know the deal, man. Oh, that's my playboys. All right, this is a uh, questions from that they gave to Joe Rogan. You're familiar with Joe I Rogan? I love Joe Rogan. You love Joe Rogan. Yep, I really I think do. Joe Rogan's very funny. He's guy. always been amazingly nice to me. Oh, good. Yeah, he's been on our uh, the KQ Morning Show. Was a great guest. So, um, uh, Dave Mordahl. Yep. What happens when you see the perfect pair of breasts? Oh my god, the perfect pair of breasts. I always picture my dick in between them. I don't I know that's I know that's wrong. And I'm not even really into that. 
But for some reason, that's what I picture. I go, how would it look hitting her where her Adam's apple should be? You know, I know that's horrible, but and I, and like I said, I'm not even into that. But that's what I, I think about is like, could I? Wow, that was a. I like that. Yeah. Is there any subject that's just not funny? I don't think there is. I mean, everything is funny. If you're once you're as jaded as probably you and I are, I really can't think of anything that's. I, I was told you know, that recently, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. So what? You know what's funny, and people people that from the cities will understand this, but there's a game show on the KQRS Morning Show called Porno Title or Not. Right. And one of the only ones that they really put a squash on was probably one of my favorites. And I can tell it on here. We're not going to tell it on KQ, but it's instead of Ocean's Eleven, it's Oshie's Eleven. <laughs> So yeah, there's nothing to me that isn't as everything's funny. I agree. If it's you know you can cringe and yep. do all that, I, but don't take it seriously. You know it's, it's not we're really doing it. I, yeah, I, I I agree. Oh, I she's eleven. I almost pissed myself when somebody said that. It was oh, so hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I I oh, you almost wish you could have the secondary show of the yeah. things that make the. We can't say this, but yeah. you, I bet you'd like it. Uh, you started in stand up. I did. Which comics do you admire and which do you hate? Oh, my God. I, You know, to be honest with you, I started out George Carlin. Yeah. Absolutely. I love George Carlin because he was so smart, and yet he could still do shit that was just goofy enough for the guy in the audience that didn't get any of the stuff up until that point. Yeah. And, you know, then Carlin in the later years got just kind of preachy, which, you know, that's fine. That's his prerogative. But the early stuff Old was so hilarious. And now today... I would say that the best comic, living or dead, is probably Doug Stanhope. Yeah. Nobody nobody is as funny as Doug Stanhope. If you've ever been to see Doug Stanhope, you probably will agree. If, if you don't agree, then you didn't get it. Doug Stanhope, on his worst night, is better than 99% of the stand-up comic headliners you'll ever fucking see. Do you think your comedy kind of has similarities with his? Not even close. Really? Not even close. I am so... Pulpery, middle of the road, white bread compared to the shit that he is so brilliant at doing. I wish I was. I really wish I was, but I'm huh. not Doug Stanhope. Yeah. And that man is so amazing that. And it's amazing. You can see him on nights where nobody gets it. Mm-hmm. And then the next night he's doing the same kind of bit and everybody gets it. But he is amazingly brilliant. And just off-the-cuff stuff. I know of a story where he was in San Francisco with his girlfriend, and the walls in the hotel were so thin that he they would start fake arguments to see how much trouble they could get in, where he's yelling at her, put my fucking dick back in your mouth, or I swear to God, I'll pound you some more, oh, to where no. security came up. And they're in there laughing. And they're just in there laughing their asses off. I mean, that's how brilliant this guy is. Oh, that's so. That's a lot of time on your hands. Stan, hope you fucker, you better pay me for this commercial because it's been a half hour at Doug Stan. Yeah, no kidding. If uh, people haven't, I don't know why I'm promoting his show, but um, I would love to interview him sometime. Louis C.K. Oh, who's Louis one C. of my favorites. Uh, he, Doug Stanhope was one of the... Uh, he acted on the show Louis. I remember seeing last that season, yep. and it was really good. Louis really, really is really another episode. one. Yeah. Those are two guys that I will look at my act and become very ashamed. Sure, and go, oh my god, these guys are so amazing. Why am I even in this business? It should just be those two. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because you know I, I sort of uh, ended up in this position of uh, you know 
doing this job, hosting yeah. this show, uh, because I became a fan of podcasts. You know, I've yeah. been a comedy fan for a long time, but podcasts are the best. Yeah. There's, you know, I love podcasts because, uh, you know, there's one thing to go uh, to go to a club and see an act and it's live. And that, I mean, that's the best. Yeah. Recorded is good. You know, you buy somebody's DVD, CD, it, that's good stuff. But uh, a podcast, in my opinion, it tops any recorded, you know, produced stuff because it's like a new... It's off the cuff. It's showing people's real talent. Yeah, and it's know. showing you behind the curtain stuff, which people don't. I, I just, I just love it. I, I just absolutely love it. And Louis, and the reason I even thought about this is because I, I listen to so many, and uh, I don't know if there's anyone that's spoken of more highly than Louis C.K. Louis C.K. is absolutely amazing. And like I said, every time I see something on YouTube, YouTube, just a snippet of Louis C.K., I go, "Why am I even trying? That man, you'll never come close to Louis C.K." And Stan Hope's the same in my eyes. Well, and then, you know, the weird coincidence here is these, this interview that uh, uh, Playboy did with Joe Rogan back in uh, 2003. It was yeah. be, They were talking to him because he was doing the uh, reboot of The Man Show with Doug Stanhope. With Doug Stanhope. So that's yep. where these questions came from. Stanhope cannot be controlled in front of a camera. That's why it doesn't work so well. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Um, so uh, just a few more here. We'll, go for it. Um, have women gotten funnier? No. No. Women, you know what? I, I'll say this, and it's going to get me in a lot of trouble, and I don't really care. Cause, uh, but women, you know, women are as funny as the guy they're banging. Sorry, <laughs> but it's just, isn't that horrible? But it really is. It's just, I've never met a woman funny on her own. Did you read that off a t-shirt, or should we be putting that on Should t-shirts? we put that on t-shirts? I just, uh, I'm not even going to get into Sarah Silverman and my hatred for her. But- oh! No, I think you I, should. Oh, my no, God. No, 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 she no. hasn't written a vowel no. in her life. No, no, it's no, no, all guys no. she's banged. Okay, well, I'm going to stop you right there because yeah. uh, well, we'll skip the one question I was going to do here. And this is one they asked Joe Rogan. It's, I, did, I almost feel like you looked at this. I've never looked at it. Play, it's not Playboy, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, unless they doubled up on the other one. This is boy referring oh, okay, to, right? Yeah, yeah no, okay. Uh, if you woke up in bed... With Sarah Silverman, I swear to God, this is it here. If you woke up in bed with Sarah Silverman, would you ask her to blow you or just g- get her to be quiet? <laughs> that what did he say? Because I would certainly, I just want her to leave. He said, "I think Sarah's funny, so no, I wouldn't ask her to blow me because I like her boyfriend of that at the time, Kimmel. He's oh, okay. A good guy, so Kimmel blah, was blah, writing blah. her act at that yeah. time. Okay, I'm so horrible, but it's so true. I just get so tired of that." To- not a fan. Oh, not a fan at all. She just, oh, oh, she just, it just drives me nuts. That what even even the looks though? I think she's attractive. In a oh, there's so many way. there that are looks. There's so many. There's very. They should just take an actress and just hand her lines because that's all Sarah Silverman. I've never heard her have an original <laughs> once. Dave, I know I'm just brutal on it. it, but I love it. Oh. All right, and then uh, this will be the last one we do from Playboy. If you dated a comedian, who would it be? Oh, that is a really, really good question. I'm going to have to say Rosie O'Donnell because then I could fuck around on her and she wouldn't care. (laughs) I can't think of anybody that I'd... There's got to be some out there. Yeah. You know, because I do like funny. I I could never be with a woman that wasn't funny. And I I will back up a little bit and say there are some funny women. Absolutely. But uh, I... I Last week's show, uh, like, uh, for example, uh, Maria Bamford's name came up. Maria Bamford is yeah 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 yeah. She's, and she's I like she's her. She's very funny. I guess I could see myself with Felicia Michaels. She's funny. 
And she's good looking and she's oh, fun. Whoa, wait a and second. And she's fun. Oh, and if you go yeah, back and far yeah, enough in yeah, Playboy. Yeah. She was in Playboy. Yeah, that's more than an article. That's right. Yeah. So Felicia, yeah, Felicia Michaels. Let, let's make sure people catch that so I can put it in Google. Felicia, Felicia. Michaels. Yes, Felicia Michaels. Stand up. Do well, you know when you want to do the search, put her name and then stand up comedy mm-hmm. slash not slash, but then space. Yeah, uh, Playboy. Yeah, you'll she find. Was what in you're there. I've worked with her several times. She is funny and she's gorgeous. Absolutely. You did a tiny bit of acting. When you look the name Dave Mordahl up on IMDb, ah. what will be on there is, uh, is Last Comic Standing. Yep. Uh, I think The Tonight Show is probably yep. mentioned. I haven't looked in years. Um, and then maybe, maybe that pilot, or was, would you consider that a pilot that you did? Yeah, I don't even know if they mentioned that one even, or not. But they list you in a movie that I'm I don't think movie. anyone's ever seen, including myself. There's only one copy of it. Los Enchiladas. Los Enchiladas. We got to cover this. The enchiladas, doesn't it? Is that what that means? <laughs> I believe so. That is a movie that Mitch Hedberg just went and did. It was the brilliance of Mitch. Mitch just went and decided he wanted to make a movie, and he went and made it. And I got cast, and I will say I got typecast as the bread delivery driver. <laughs> and it's that's what I get to this day. I get phone calls. Do you want to do the bread delivery driver in Casino Royale? No. <laughs> No, I do not. I'm trying to get out of this shit. That's you know, right. I'm tired of the bread guy. I don't want to be the bread guy anymore. But no. I want to drive the the Brinks truck. No yeah, and they bread. already got a guy that does that. You know, and it's like really. No, I'm not taking the bread guy, dude. No. no, it was a lot of fun to do. It was me and Nick Swartzen. Nick, yeah, he stole bread from the back of my truck in the movie, which has only been shown once, I think. Fucking Nick. I know. And Nick Swartzen came and stole bread from the back of my goddamn. Uh, Bread truck, and you filmed that in St. Paul. It was filmed in St. Paul. Um, yeah, a budget of what do you think? Oh, like four hundred bucks. Yeah. No, actually, I think he spent like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars on this thing. It's mostly in the editing and stuff like that. Yeah. But because uh, we all did it for free, I mean, it's a friend of mine. I Mitch's, imagine you know? so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was amazing. But and you it, get asked about this every now and then, I'm sure. I do, and and people go, "Do you have a copy? Do you have a copy?" I've I, nobody has a copy. I think uh, Mitch's relatives are the only ones that have a copy. Yeah. That's it. And I got to do this, and uh, I played the bread delivery driver. And it's another time where I learned that being in TV isn't as glamorous, or on, on movies or anything isn't as glamorous. You'd get someplace, and you'd sit for four hours just waiting for your scene to come up. Yeah. And there's nothing to do. And that's where I learned that the makeup lady will blow you. <laughs> Right in the bus. No. Right in the bus. Not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. And that's not the first time it's happened. And I thought maybe it says maybe that's what makeup ladies like to do. It's happened a couple times. Well, that would explain Travolta's. <laughs> no, <laughs> <never mind. laughs> no, that does that does explain it. But yeah, it's happened a couple times. They've always been makeup ladies. I guess they're just bored too. A There's couple times. To... Oh yeah, several times. Oh. Yeah. Well. Ring the bell. I'm getting off here. Uh-huh. Bread delivery <laughs> Literally. driver. Hey, baby, I'm going to be the bread delivery driver, and she was right on it. Unbelievable. I think we. I, I think we did it. I think we did it too. Dave Mordahl. Yes, I love you. I love you too. I'm, let's get rid of those playboys and get down to some business. Let's do that. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. You're very welcome, man. This was, this was fun. Yeah, that's what I meant. You know, it's. it's I had a great time doing this. Yeah. Next week, Phil Palisol. It's going to be the guest. That's very cool. He's headlining at Acme. And I think we've, I actually, if people check out my Facebook page, um, I do have a picture with him I met at some point, but other than a two-minute conversation, we've never met. So 
So uh, thank you, everyone, everyone, very much for listening. Thank I, you, I, audience. This is uh, this is a ton of fun for me. So thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll do it again next week. 